welcome to this episode of Story Conversations. I'm Susan Griffin, um, and I have with me my partner, Simon. Simon Arrowsmith, hello. Hello. Simon, before we get started, I just wanted to point out to our audience that we have amazing theme music. Mm. And I wondered if you would <laughs> share with them how we happened to come by that. Well, well it, I made it. Yes. <laughs> it's me. It's me. <laughs> I, com- I composed it and I, I played it. And yeah, that's, that's another I, I, little string to my bow. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Um, but I was being a bit coy. Yes. Yeah, so in, in, in addition to being one of the founders and leaders of Iambic Agency, um, Simon is a composer, and uh, and we are lucky to have him. But <laughs> so let's get right to it. Um, today's episode, we're really thrilled to bring you a conversation with uh, Vincent Bragg and Joe Nixon, who are co-founders of Concreates. And their tagline is uh, "Radical Ideas from Radical Thinkers." And why they are radical is going to be revealed in this conversation. Mm. So let's get to it. Uh, We're delighted today to be joined by Joe and Vincent from uh, Concreate. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to come and share your story with us we'd love to start there actually and and let's let's hear your origin story how the idea of concretes came about um and a little bit about your own experience as incarcerated people people you know also working with incarcerated people in your lives we'd love to hear more so let's start with joe uh sure um i guess we can start with the genesis of concretes and I don't want to be long-winded, but I don't want to leave out any details either. So um, in a October evening, <laughs> in, no, about 2013, um, I was in a federal prison where events was at. Um, I was serving a 20-year sentence for successfully robbing 27 banks by the age of 22. Um, while we're in there, we developed a a a kinship with other individuals who were like-minded kind of sharp charismatic one of them in hell was a guy um a founder of a startup company um, named jonathan shokri and he actually owned a company meandies um another friend of mine ricky coley he was there and vincent bragg and uh, christopher jameson that was our core group of individuals it was just like it was like the entourage of prison. It's just, this is how we moved. We, we got the same food every day. We wanted all the vegetables. We wanted the best food. And that was our kinship and camaraderie. Well, one day I was watching Sports Center, and I was, like, intrigued by a story because I seen that a running back from the Dallas Cowboys by the name of Joseph Randall was arrested for allegedly shoplifting in a um, Fort Worth, Dallas mall. And, you know, I like to always know why people do stuff what's going on because i never take a story from the headlines and just take it for face value because like it didn't make any sense to me like what is the running back from the dallas cowboy shoplifting for well as we did our investigation we found out that his son was actually going through his terrible twos they were shopping his son got out of hand 
He took his son out the store to calm him down, but he didn't pay for one of these items. One was cologne, and one of them happened to be underwear. Well, to me, it automatically clicked. Why not plug this guy with the guy who owns the underwear company? Because if he was using that company, they're an online company, and they deliver the underwear anyway. You would never have to worry about this situation. Let's turn a negative into a positive, and let's go. Well, after a little bit of convincing his marketing team that, yeah, we're going to take some advice for a guy in federal prison about our marketing scheme, it actually took place. This was on a Thursday, and on a Sunday, we were actually in the television room with almost all of the prison watch this story go viral. And at that moment, we're like, oh, my goodness, we have something here. I don't know if it's anything short of lightning in a bottle, but it's most definitely something. So um, at this time, it's time to celebrate. Like, let's have celebratory occasion. And, well, how are we going to celebrate when our designated cook isn't nowhere to be found, which is Vincent? And I'll hand this part of the story back to him. Yeah, so like you said, he he always says that I had this Moses moment. And so... You know, I kind of disappear for a while, and everybody's, you know, like, where's the guy that makes the food? You know, like, where's where's he at? So they're sending people to my unit, you know, looking for me, you know, that whole sort of thing. And you know, the whole time I was gone, I was I was really just kind of like mapping out this this business, right? And so um, I come back down to to the South Yard is what it was called, where Joe lived at. And we, you know, started walking some laps around the track, and I asked him a very specific question, which was, when you see a McDonald's commercial, who do you think does that? And his answer was McDonald's. And I was like, no, it's an agency that does that, right? So, you know, if we were to have an agency that did that, right, these brands pay people to come up with ideas and campaigns, and, you know, we went through the whole thing, and he... We came up with the name Concreates. He's like, convicts that create. You know, that's that's the thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. Well, C-O-N in Spanish means with. You know, the archaic definition of Concreates means to create together. So it's like a triple entendre. The convicts that create together or with, right? And so that's, you know, where the name came from. And so we started to look at each other differently, right? It wasn't just that I was a drug dealer or that, you know, Joe was a bank robber, it became, well, no, like, let's look at the skill sets that it took for you to successfully, I don't care what industry it is, to pull something <laughs> off 27 times successfully is freaking impressive, right? Amazing. So, yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And so what are the, some of the elements that it takes to rob a bank t- successfully, right? You got to be charismatic because you definitely have to build a team and convince a bunch of people to risk their lives to, to you know, and their freedom to, to run up in a bank and, and take the money. Um, you, you definitely are great with pressure because you got to get in and out, right? You meet deadlines, right? You have to strategize what's the, what's the exit plan, what's the, you know, point of attack, like all of those different things. And so... These are definitely elements that are transferable in, in, in advertising or in marketing. And so that's how we started to look at each other, right? I didn't look at myself as a drug dealer. I looked at myself as a logistics expert, operations, right? 
How do you get drugs from one country to another country and then to the other side of that country you get it to, right? That's logistics. That's operations. You know, not looking at gang leaders like gang members, right? Like, they're, they're actually leadership. How do you inspire loyalty? Tattoo artists. They're not tattoo artists. They're art directors in the making. If, you know, we were able to, you know, reframe that kind of uh, perspective. And so we did some recruiting in uh, March 1st of 2017 I w or 2016. I was released from federal prison where I joined a prisoner entrepreneurship program called Defy Ventures. I learned some of you know the the fundamentals of starting a business, and had excellent mentorship where um, we were just you know met a guy named Tim Jones over at 72 and Sunny and you know we kind of been off to the races ever since because 72 and Sunny understood immediately what we were building. They understood the value of uh, this population's perspective in in advertising. They understood the impact that it could have. On a, on a disenfranchised community and and they put resources behind us they helped us with our visual identity um, rebranded us and launched us into the world and this is kind of what you see now Amazing. wow i mean i love your elevator pitch the, the idea that radical ideas from radical thinkers um and and that the notion that your agency is powered by incarcerated and recently incarcerated individuals. Um, you're, I mean, Tim Jones got it, but what's it been like to, to pitch to agencies that you've collaborated with or with individual clients that you've worked with? Because you guys, you, you guys literally are a working agency. This isn't an idea or an aspiration. You're right. an agency, you've been developing and producing creative work what's that pitch like well I, I guess you know it kind of depends right because every every organization could be different and so when we first launched into the media it was more industry facing right and so that became uh, agencies like wow this is pretty pretty unique and this is pretty you know revolutionary and so I don't think from a creative standpoint we, we, we necessarily have problems um, integrating into agencies and, and, and partnering with agencies to work with. I think the bigger issue becomes those individual clients that we kind of go and, and, and get on our own, you know, and there's all sorts of different biases that, you know, it's it, it, the example would be like they want us to do a background check. When you go through the procurement process, they want yeah. a background check. And I'm like, we're not going to pass a background You know we're not going to pass a background Love it. Love it. Love it. You know love it. Love it. it. And so, so I think that's a part of the mission, right? Is like to even show like some of these kind of standard practices mm -hmm. are also oppressive and discriminatory because you're hiring us because we have criminal history and yet you're going to put this barrier in front of us that would not allow us to be onboarded. And so, you know, we've, we've kind of had to battle that. And a lot of our clients, you know, after, you know, going back and forth about it, they, they, you know, skip that. Okay. You're, you're absolutely right. It doesn't make sense if we know that everybody has criminal history and, 
in this agency to to make you go through a background check and so it becomes that thing and also i feel as if we we kind of did it backwards right we came into the to the industry of storytelling i think that's why this is such a uh interesting um podcast right it's, it's it comes around full circle because we told our story first right before we had any any work under our belt and so then that became the other you know kind of barrier when we pitched to clients which is like well have you done anything in this vertical or you know what have you done in this particular space and we're like well that's what we're hoping you're going to give us a shot on right we're hoping that you're going to you know hire us and allow us to prove that we can do the work and so a lot of our our journey up till now has just been us proving that we can do the work i i i bet there have been a lot of pitches where you just didn't have recipients on the other end who who were willing to give you a chance so the tenacity that you guys have ex, you know exemplified is is really pretty amazing yeah, I mean, and I, I, I like I like to give a lot of credit to my road dog Joe because while he was in prison, he's working on briefs. You know what I'm saying? He's he's coming up with ideas. He's he's doing the thing, and I'm out here doing you know knocking on the doors and and doing that part. And then when 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 we finally when he finally came home and we got together, he came home two days before we launched into the media, right? And so. Now that he's home, we get to actually do the thing together, which is 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 also fun because now we get to be inside of like when we used to be in the cell together and kicking around ideas and fleshing them out and and doing that that chemistry thing that we had in prison is 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 also been a huge help to 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 the the ten- tenacity or the resilience of trying to prove to folks. Sometimes we have to like really put draw a line in the sand too right when it comes to to certain things right it's we we were, we were not going to compromise our integrity for for some money hmm. right we've turned down way more money than than we've actually taken in that we've made and that's i'm not doing that like we're not, not doing that uh, yeah i don't i'm not doing that like hmm. no 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 like we have a we have a very 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 strong standpoint on liquor on liquor companies being that we come from this background that's already conceived negative, the prison lifestyle and all of this. Like, what would I look like going to this? Because in my mind, no matter how dope this is, they can possibly be an ad that had them feeling so good and they got this bottle and they did whatever and something tragic happens. And I still played a part in that. So I'm like, nah, can't do that one. Right. We have to clean up our face for all the other shit we did. Um, just just for our listeners, I, I did want to go through the chronology a little bit because, you know, I think it it really frames up tenacity in a, in a concrete way. You know, 2013 was the genesis of the idea, that story you told us about, you know, looking for where's the cook and, you know, the, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Then, in, then, when were you released, Vincent? in 2016 okay and then 2019 joe is released so you guys had been incubating this idea for a very long time and then july 15th 2019 joe is released and literally the company is in business 
I mean, you'd been you'd been doing you'd been pounding the pavement with the idea from 2016, Vincent. But but still, I mean that that's an amazing amount of uh, intestinal fortitude to keep a, a business idea alive before you you ever got it going. I think it's two twofold, right? It's faith is is one of the biggest things, right? The belief in 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 the vision. And so I know Joe tells a story all the time about this promise that I made to him. And unbeknownst to me, that promise was was kept as soon as he walked out. It was like, oh yeah, I did say we was going, you know what I mean? And he could tell you better about the promise. Um, you know, but I think I think it you just made me think of like, wow, like this it's amazing how the universe or God or you know, whatever you, you know, listeners might believe in had made that pound in the pavement and everything come together all at the right time. Yeah, I mean, it was dope. So that part of the story is the faint hearted. Not at all. That go, part of the story when um, Vincent was leaving, because you know how you walk your friends out. And as we're going, we're having, exchanging pleasantries and all of the other things. And he looked at me and he was like, hey, bro, he was like, look, check this out. He said, by the time you come home, we're going to build this agency and I'm going to have Imagination's playground so the world can know your skill set. And that is exactly what took place. Right. It's incredible. Uh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I was just going to say that, you know, founding a creative agency isn't for the faint-hearted in everyday circumstances. So what, what you guys have done is, is incredible. And creating such a radical um, value proposition for an agency, you know, it's got so much story in it. You've got some great story archetypes in there. You've got the hero's journey, right. um, the slaying of dragons of adversity. There's the fall from grace. There's redemption. Do you have... I think I might know the answer to this, given to a conversation we had with Joe earlier. Is there a story that sort of exemplifies your own journey, a, a story that you can think of? Oh, I have a, I have a funny one. No, so these are like the, 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 like, everybody looks at us and like, oh my goodness, this is amazing, this is dope. Well, they forget about the 3,000 fights the contract disputes, the continuing to communicate <laughs> while I'm in prison, not knowing that I can't move and Vincent right. can't move when I want to. So one time this took heat because I'll never I'll, I'll remember this like yesterday because it was so funny because we were both appalled. So he's sending me a brief. I forget. I think it's this um, the leotard. It was something. It was one of these briefs. But you, Vincent is very oh, yeah, busy. The legging. Yeah, the tie dye legging. So he's very busy. So I'm like, bro, I'm getting so frustrated because I have a lack of response when I email them and text them because it takes an hour for it to get here and another hour for it to come. So I'm like, bro, you got to be bullshit. Like, what's going on here? So he was like, he texted me. He, he was like, bro, I'm busy. I don't have time to answer every call and text me. I said, so you mean to tell me Donald Trump got time to tweet? But you don't have no damn time to answer my. I say you can't be more important than the United States. <laughs> oh my goodness, that pressed his buttons. Oh my goodness, that pressed his buttons. He was like, matter of fact, you don't call, and if you need to talk to me, you talk to such and such. And he was like, 
<laughs> it was a thing. It's just these things that I remember about growing. And I'm like, call me if you need some money. Don't call me for nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is funny. That's funny. We laugh about that all the time. I would, I would think if I was going to tell a story that would, you know, kind of speak to the resilience in the story is um, I did a Silicon Valley tour, right? We go to all the companies, LinkedIn, Facebook, eBay, Google. We went to all the big companies in Silicon Valley through Defy Ventures. And this one particular company we were at, this this guy pulls me to the side and he says, you know what, like this is really great. Like my brother's doing life in prison. I think this is a really dope company, a really dope idea. But do you think these white people really finna trust a hundred billion dollar brand to a bunch of fucking convicts? And I was like, think about that. I shit. never thought of that. I, <laughs> I thought you would like what we was doing and cut us a check and let us do the work. I, I never thought of that, right? I never thought that that could be somebody's, you know, response to me saying, hey, I, I'm formerly incarcerated and I brought a bunch of us, you know, to the table. And we're dope. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me think about it. And we dope. <laughs> and so let me let me think about it. I'll get back to you. So we stay in contact. I fly back down to LA. And it, it, it clicked. Like it again, the story of prison is not what everybody thinks it is from television and all of that. So one thing that's really big in prison is who introduces you. Right. So if I go to another prison and somebody that Joe was in a different prison with says, hey, my boy Joe is over there, go get with him. And I pull up on Joe. I say so and so sent me. He's going to embrace me. He's going to make sure I got all of the things to get acclimated into this prison. It's just a part of of networking. But in this particular fraternity. And so we applied that same principle. We went out and got the the global communications you know person for DraftKings. we went and got legendary jimmy smith we went and got tim jones from 72 and sunny we got you know all of these different experts and said don't trust the convicts trust trust the experts and so i yeah. feel like that was a, was a problem solve that just kind of speaks to to the tenacity of the men and women that we serve is like we're gonna figure a way out you know what i mean we're gonna figure this thing out we're gonna solve problems and we can solve problems you know for the biggest brands on on planet earth why can't we solve our own yeah that's amazing um so there's there's the two of you and and you've worked with other individuals both recently released and also still serving their sentences. I mean, you, you, Vincent, you described how you basically enabled Joe to, to visualize how he could be that storyteller for mm -hmm. brands. How do you, what's that storyteller? Yeah. How, how do you, how do you launch the spark with with other collaborators you know to get them to see their own capability as storytellers do you 
have a process? I mean, how do you how do you now work with people that are part of the broader Concreates community? Think, yeah, the collective. The easiest, the easiest way to describe it is, I think that's a, a skill set of mine. Like, I can hear a song for the first time and be like, that's a hit record. You know what I mean? Or... Yeah, I, I have a good ability to spot talent. I think that's a skill set that I have where, you know, I might see things in people they might not see in themselves. And so um, that's the easiest way. And so I think I was talking to this um, this baseball recruiter one time and he was telling me how this 14 year old kid was going to go pro. And I'm like, well, well how do you know? How do you, how do you know this kid at 14 years old is going to be? playing major league baseball and he said the the cream always rises to the top if you watch him from you know little league up until now you'll see he's always kind of rose to the top and so it, it's the same thing in any other industry i mean it doesn't matter if if it's criminality right he robbed 27 banks you know what i'm saying like like one okay cool it could have you could have got lucky two all right you know what i mean three maybe you have some skills but 20 and you got to remember he never got caught it's not he never got caught robbing banks you know what i mean like so to me that's the cream rising to the top and you can see that amongst this population of people in 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 every setting that you that you that you're in with them so you guys get to now work with some really significant people. So you, you know, you work with Mike Tyson, mm -hmm. uh, Tracy Morgan, mm -hmm. um, who I still want to call Tracy Jordan because of uh, Thirty Rocket, just sort of in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, what's it been like working on the the, the docu series for the Last OG, for example, and that sort of sharing that experience that a comedy is actually, you know, and it's not based on your experience, but it is a similar experience. What's it all been like? To me, it was, um, to me, that. that was, um, the irony of that was as, as the company is growing, we used to hear one thing all of the time. I don't care whether it was Facebook, Google, who it is, before we actually got to work with them, the powers that be would always say, yeah, we want to work with you guys, but we're trying to find the perfect breed. And our answer to that would be like, no. We're creative geniuses. There is no perfect brief. And I say that to say, with this one, I, I would smack myself on the hand and say, like, this was the perfect brief. Like, I was like, this was the perfect brief. We actually conceptualized it, focused on formerly incarcerated entrepreneurs, and the show deals with an individual who was actually in the feds, just like us, came home, started his business, has all the charisma. It just touched home. And all of the pieces fit, and this was just—I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a perfect yeah. Just um, imagine the being at, at work and someone asking you to um, mirror yourselves and find two other individuals that mirror yourselves in the world. It was like, well, I well, I will, and thank you kindly for this opportunity. So it was just—it was a thing. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it, yeah. you know, it feels good. It felt yeah. good. The whole yeah, way it transpired was like, you know, Clubhouse was like a big thing during the, you know, the beginning of the pandemic. You know, we happened to just be in a Clubhouse room talking about Concreates, 
and one of the uh, leaders, Gabby Bollard, um, happened to be in the audience and heard us talking, and she DM'd us and was like, yeah, I'm not sure yet, but, like, I really want to work with y'all. And so we're like, all right, cool. A couple months later, she's like, hey, we just got greenlit for season four. Once I get my budget together, I'm going to follow back up with y'all again. Then it was like, hey, we're going to pay you guys to, to pitch us. And so we're like, all right, cool. We pitched the idea. And they liked the, the last, the real OG. And so the whole process was, was it was heaven sent. It was, it was, it was literally just the stars were aligned. It was, oh, my it was God. And then, guys, and then so as we're conceptualizing, we were conceptualizing the creative, right? So I'm like, where do we find these individuals to, to fit in this story? So this is how I know everything is divine. So I'm actually going around the corner from my home, which is a, um, a, 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 a little market, which I always go to. But next to that market, it used to be, a, um, I think it was an Armenian or a Persian restaurant, Vince, that you used to go to over there. And we didn't notice that, like, mm -hmm. it's a new owner here. And I'm like, what's going on over there? I wonder what they have now. So it's a, um, a very upscale um, soul food restaurant. And I get the food, and it's like, it's, like, amazing. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is heaven sent. So I went home, and as we're um, conceptualized, I remember this like yesterday. I'm on a um, call with Vince, and we're talking about the character from Tracy Morgan and him being culinary. And I closed my computer. I was like, oh, my. And I beehive. I go to straight line over to the restaurant. And I'm like, I said, excuse me, sir. I know this is going to seem like an oddball question, but please tell me you were ever incarcerated. And he was, and he looked, and he was like, kind of unsure of himself. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I did a little bit of time before, and I took off my hat and I threw it. I said, let's go. I said, this is it right here. And he was <laughs> one of the individuals that we highlighted in the in the docuseries. That is amazing. I mean, you know, my, my question was going to be, um, you know, what makes a good concrete client? And, you know, you've, you've already outline that there are some clients who say yeah we want to work with you but we've kind of the perfect brief and then there's the client like this one who basically says you guys are the perfect people i mean you invent the brief um and and so i'm going to go a little off topic but you know having having worked on this project it kind of spoils you for some of the the other kinds of clients but what are the things you are aspiring to do now? Um, are they more ads like the public service ad you did around um, promoting voter registration with Mike Tyson, or are they docu series like this? Or I mean, what's your what's what's the vision for the the next ideal concreates client? Well, I think I think for us, that's what we do in our sleep. You know we we every client that we talk to is like hey what do you think the ideal brief would be what do you guys like to work on we like the shit that you can't solve give us the problems that you just can't crack the code to because you're missing this different perspective right and so you know for us i think what we're always going to continue to try to do is 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 
innovate and revolutionize this industry. And so what we kind of noticed um, along this journey is we kind of just get paid for our time. And if our ideas are making these, these brands and these clients, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars, or millions of dollars, how do we begin to share into that revenue? And so we're really big on, you know, owning our IP. Our intellectual property is super important. Ownership is super important because, you know, I, I just think about some of the folks that come before us in this space who have created legendary, I mean, you can still see certain ads from the 90s still, you know, kind of being played now. And I'm just like, why aren't they still getting money off of that? You know, and and, and so I think, you know, that's kind of where we see the vision is, is really innovating in that particular realm because you know it's a lot of folks with criminal history there's a lot of folks sitting behind prison walls who might come with ideas and and that that small check might not sustain them for the next 14 years if if they if that's how long they are but if they're getting a, a cut of of their intellectual property which is their idea i think that is a great way to 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 help someone transition back into society or, uh, you know, continue to feed their families and, and, and create a, a livable wage. Yeah, revolutionizing the business model of the, the, mm. the industry. Yeah, I mean, it, it, needs, it needs disrupting, it needs disruptors. It's, it, what, what is more creative than, than that, I think? Um, so, I mean, this, this has been a fantastic conversation. Before we let you go, we just, we, we like to ask all our guests, um, if you have a favorite story sort of generally it doesn't have to it can be a fictional story it can be a story of experience we just love to hear good stories it can be funny it can be sad it can be hopeful so each of you do you have a favorite story you can share with us i think i think our favorite i, I think because we such movie buffs <laughs> like there's always like this this line in a movie that's perfect to like either our excitement or you know, our sentiment about a current situation, right? And so a lot of times, if you've ever seen that movie, White Men Can't Jump, right? Mm -hmm. So we get these briefs and, you know, we kill it. You know what I mean? We kill the brief. It's like great creative. And we always like send each other this meme of when, <laughs> you know, Wesley Snipes and, and, and Woody Harrelson, they like, it, it, it's too easy. It's, it's just too easy. <laughs> So that's like a, a, a thing that me and Joe do is like we always quote movies to like accentuate like how how important or excited or you know our sentiments or something. So I think that's that would be like what a, a story I would tell. I love it, Joe. Anything to add? <laughs> what story would I tell? A situation? Oh, oh, okay. I'll give you a quick funny funny story. So um. Like, as you know, we're, um, we're, we're good, great friends with the Mike Tyson camp and the family. And this is, I think we're shooting the podcast this day, right? So everybody who knows me, you see, like, I love to laugh and joke. I love to play all of the time. Like, that is just my thing. I am always going to be that guy who's trying to bring a smile to your face. So we're in here. Mike Tyson's over here. Vince is right here. So I go to the refrigerator and I see these beverages. And I'm looking like, damn, I smile like, damn, this is kind of funny. So I go and I grab two of the beverages that are in the cooler and I go up to Vince 
and I ask, and, I, and I'm in a, in a Mike Tyson's voice, I say, hey, you want to dwink? And he's like, he, his face looks like, and he looks over at Mike Tyson, and he looks at no, me. No, you did it on Instagram. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. <laughs> well, Man, you had posted it on Instagram. I was looking at it on Instagram like. <laughs> so what it oh, was my is goodness. Mike, Mike Tyson actually has a, a CBD-based drink called Dwink. And it's spelled like that to be funny because that's how he speaks. And so, like, Vince almost lost all of his stuff. Oh, like, dude, why God. did you do that? I was, <laughs> hey. I was like, yo, like, how you just going to make fun of man? Instagram. <laughs> oh, my God. But totally on brand. Totally on yeah, brand. Yeah, totally on right? brand. That's oh, amazing. Man. That was funny. That was fun. I'm talking about my heart was in my stomach. He was like, bro, you like, what are you like, like, you always playing. <laughs> we trying to get money here. That you always amazing. Play. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, I mean, I, we we could continue talking to you. I I would love to continue talking with you forever, but we 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 just have to let you go now and and do all this great stuff you're doing and change yeah. the world. Um, but I, we, Simon and I cannot thank you enough. This is, this has been a dream for me to have you on the show. And, um, you know, what you're doing is, is, is so important and it's so purposeful and dare I say it, it's so dope. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, just can't thank you enough and and we 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 will continue to let our listeners know what you guys are doing Definitely. next so yeah, thank you so much for I, I just want to take this time like um for all of the support susan and the encouragement and just the belief in our push you're one of my favorite people in the world and like anytime you ask we're coming following i don't care if it's on the moon you got <laughs> oh like we literally just had this conversation about if we have a girl, either the middle name is going to be Susan or her first name going to be Susan. Yeah, I'm talking about just oh my God. It might Susan be Susan Maximus. Susan Maximus. Susan Maximus. Oh, my God. Susan Maximus is in the play. <laughs> that is, that is oh. amazing. Yes. Um, thank you so much. I, that would be... That would be a lifetime goal for me to have, to have a little God person named Susan Maximus. I, I'll have to tell the, our listeners that Maximus is the middle name for both Joe and, and Vincent's sons. So who knows? I could be immortalized. Fingers Let's crossed. Go. Anyway, thank you guys. Thanks so much. Uh, you, you too. Be well. Uh, that was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it? Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. So I let's, just... I, yeah, I mean, say, I think, I think they're fantastic, fantastic guys and what they're doing is brilliant. So let's just get straight into what our listeners can take away. For me, the first thing is really about um, 
I guess it's telling your story before there is evidence of your idea that your 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 story can actually help bring an idea about it can help you be focused on your idea right. um, I don't I don't like to use the word but but it kind <laughs> of is um manifesting we're not I'm not talking about magical manifesting you know I'm not saying you know put it out to the world and it'll happen you know if you believe in that that's lovely um but I do think that actually if you are um defining your story and and telling your story to other people it helps you focus in on what you want right. and then you right. start to actually believe and deliver that thing so and you you have something that you can keep coming back to and mm. and and sort of litmus testing are are we being true to the story as you as you do develop mm. evidence of the the service or the value you provide yeah i <clears throat> i thought that was terrific i i also it was a little bit but the, the idea of who within the fraternity is going to mm. introduce you was fascinating to me. But, but I think the applicability really has to do with, yes, we all, we all look for client testimonials, mm. right? And then if we do nail our narrative, our story, we try to consistently tell that story. But there's only so much... There's, there's only so many people you can reach. So yeah. for me, that, that who's going to introduce you to the fraternity has a lot to do with who can you get to be telling your story. It's the old word of mouth Definitely, um, And referral. also, how are you going to form that story so it's easy to retell? Because you can probably tell your own story. You might be able to tell your own story very easily. But can someone else tell your story right. easily? Can and, they pass and, it on? And- yeah. And we all... We, you and I always try to tell clients that if you don't frame up your story mm-hmm. and make it easy to retell, people out there in the world are going to fill in the gaps mm-hmm. and they're going to make up a story about you that may not be the story you want told. But absolutely, you you do need story retellers to yeah. introduce you to that broader. Uh, client base that that you want to engage with so yeah that was and, a takeaway for me and I guess the final one really is about do you believe in your own story do, do you do you have <laughs> right. faith and belief in your mission in the story as it as it sort of um, is it is it fun telling it <laughs> you know are you having fun right. with your story and I, I think part of that ties into what they what the guys are talking about in terms of um are they tenacious? The tenacity of their ideas, because sometimes I know, I know, I find that clients, I initially like the idea of the story. They get into the idea of the story. They start to shape the story, and then they lose faith in it a little bit. They almost get bogged down in some of the details right. and some of the complexities, and so they stop believing it. But I think you have to have you have to have um, good tenacity. You have to be tenacious in these in, in these um, endeavors in order to keep believing in that story and making right. sure it's real. Because in in other episodes we've 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 heard about the whole idea that you know not everybody is going to believe your story mm. or your story might set up conflict and but if you believe in it you have to be as you said you have to you you have to push through it when you get to those moments where ah oh, is this story is our story landing the way we want it to. So yeah. yeah, that belief in your story and and having fun with it because clearly, 
clearly the congregates guys are doing something serious, but they're they're really having fun with it. Yeah, great. Well, yeah, it was it was a it was a really great um, conversation for me, and yeah. um, just to remind our audience, Story Conversations is produced by Simon and myself. Uh, Simon is the co-founder of Iambic Agency. I'm the co-founder of Griffin and Skaggs Collaborative. Together and independently, we help our clients with communication, branding, marketing strategy. That's all very story-driven. So, story-driven, um, yeah. So please, uh, please check us out and keep coming back for more story conversations. We'll see you next time. 